And then I decided, you know what? There is not a makeup company out there that has the kind of skincare benefits that I want. Me, as a woman, getting close to my mid-30s, I need certain things. And besides, even if I was 20, I would still want to use this. Okay, so today I have on Alexandra Portora. She is a social media influencer, and she does contract work for brands looking to build up their social media profiles online. Uh, she's been working in the industry now for quite a while and is building up a pretty large brand for herself. So Alexandra, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. Definitely. A little so, childish. No, not at all. No, I'm, I was excited. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited. You have a lot of interesting stuff going on and your all your channels are blowing up. So I was super excited to interview you. Well, I still can. Uh, so... If you don't mind, I'm just going to jump right into these questions. Is that cool? Please. Okay. So the first question I have is, what are you working on right now that you're most excited about, and why is that? Um, that's a really good question. And what I'm working on right now is my own product, my own brand. Um, essentially, I had a goal for myself when I reach 100,000 um, subscribers or follow social media in general to start thinking about a product because, you know, being a social media influencer, it's hot and it's trending right now. And I think a lot of people want to do that because, you know, you just immediately assume it's, oh, it's easy work and people pay you and do all these things. But the reality, and, and it is, and in some part, it is true. Um, you have to work, of course, hard to get there. But um, I do believe that being a social media influencer has a relatively short shelf life. So, you know, you have to think beyond that. I mean, I'm turning 34. Let's okay. be honest here. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you want to come with DNA. Nobody will want to see granny, you know, put on makeup, maybe for a novelty thing. And yeah. I enjoy those videos just as much as anybody else. Yeah. But, you know, um, we have to think beyond that and we have to treat this as a business. And I think that's another mistake that I see with a lot of digital influencers is that they don't see it or treat this as a business and they don't think long term. Yeah. So because I want to think long term, I was thinking, you know, about what I would want to create ultimately. And that was a thought that was in process for about a year and a half to two years. And then, you know, one day it just clicks, you know, you just never know what comes at you. And then it just all gets pieced together. And I realized that I want to create what's not on the market right now. Believe it yeah. or not, how big the beauty sphere is, what I want to create doesn't exist. And how I want to create it hasn't been done before. Yeah. So I yeah. think that, you know, by not allowing myself to get intimidated, by the space or think that you know oh it's so cluttered and it's so this and that no you know what just continue noodling on your ideas something will come and something did come so right now I'm just working on um, a makeup company creating my own makeup company um, not white labeling anything because wow. again you know what I want it is it is Whoa. pretty ambitious I've mm -hmm. learned that <laughs> But, you know, we're working with formulators and we have to create formulas from scratch and we have to do all this testing and all these things. But um, realistically, I'm looking to bring product to market spring of next year. So that's that's obviously has me super pumped. Yeah. I don't think I slept, you know, much <laughs> over the last like, nine months, but yeah. it's you know, it's going to happen. So that's my passion project. Oh, wow. Wow. That's like um, blown away. I was really when you started talking about uh, influencer and creating a product. I thought you were going to get into like an online course. So <laughs> creating an entire like non-white labeled makeup makeup company. How did you ever 
I can wait for the other questions. We got to get into this. Like, how did you ever decide you were going to try to like do something that big? Um, well, you know, the thing is that I have, I've had insecurity issues my entire life, but for some reason, I've always been really hungry for things. And I find that when I am really hungry for something, I'm extremely determined. I wanted to come to America. I came to America. I was by myself. I said, hey, you know, to hell with it. We'll figure it out. Um, and I find that when I want something, there, there's no end I will not go to to make that dream a reality. It doesn't matter how hard it takes to work, you know, how many, how many people you have to network with. It does not matter. I will do it. So the moment I realized how much influence I had, not in terms of number of followers, but mm-hmm. it, it just how what I would say would influence people. Even if what you say influences two people, it's still two people now in this world are going to do something that you said you do. So now they want to do it as well. And that to me is a great responsibility. So I was finding myself, you know, using a bunch of, uh, because on Instagram, you know, I'm all about personal growth and all that, which is mostly what I do on YouTube. On Instagram, it wasn't clicking a lot. Mm -hmm. So I noticed that makeup tutorials and DIY skincare recipes were more effective in terms of reaching a larger audience. So I started doing that. So as I was doing these makeup tutorials and whatnot, I was using products and people started telling me that they bought that product, those products because I was using them. And that just sparked a, just a deeper sense of responsibility within me. And I became more picky with, with whom I'm working with, whom I feature, things like that. And then I started looking deeper into the quality of the product and what's in it, you know? Mm-hmm. What's the company culture that these people have? If I'm going to promote them, it doesn't matter if I have... 500 followers or 50,000. It doesn't matter if I'm going to push you. I have to believe in you. So I started realizing that there is, it's a very, as beautiful of an industry as it is. And I love it. It is also very misleading, but then that's the problem with every industry out there. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to realize that a lot of companies that will say things like, Oh, our product has vitamin E and you're essentially not going to age because you're using this. As I started educating myself, I realized that, well, this is in an inactive form. Sadly, there's no law saying that, you know, an ingredient needs to be in active form. So I was like, wait a minute, we can see that it has vitamin E oil, but when I put it on my skin, it won't do what vitamin E oil does because it's inactive, so it doesn't work. So that became a problem for me and I started having trust issues. And then I decided, you know what? There is not a makeup company out there that has the kind of skincare benefits that I want. Me, as a woman, getting close to my mid-30s, I need certain things. And besides, even if I was 20, I would still want to use this because it's preventative. And so, I don't know. I just realized that there's a lot of misleading information out there, insufficient companies making claims like 98% of our women noticed so and so. And I'm like, well, wait, where, where are you claiming that? Where did you get you know? that info? Yeah. yeah where'd you, is, that, is that your mom, your aunt, your grandma and sister in the basement? And, and three yeah. out of four of them. So, now it's a 98%. 98, you know? yeah. And I was reaching out to companies, you know, that were making these claims. I'm like, hey, I'm a consumer. I would like to know where these claims, how did you get these claims? And I was getting either crickets or, oh, sorry, we cannot specify. How. I'm like, yeah. but then you're misleading me as a consumer. So I started having issues with this. And I realized how much of this is out there. So I decided, you know what? 
I'm just going to create my own. And I, I really believe that, you know, once I set what, once I would sit down and I would really identify what it is that I want to create. And I was really believing in the project and I wasn't afraid of work and rejection that somehow, some way those pieces get put together. And that's what started happening, you know, and little by little, by the way, as a company, husband we're both 50 50 um owners in this he has a technology background um i obviously have the social media background but together put our heads together and started thinking about how to make this happen and you know we started meeting formulators we enrolled in a bunch of classes to learn about chemistry i'm i'm a literature major so when it comes to math and physics and chemistry my entire life i've been like I can't, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown or something because I yeah. can't deal with it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's how it started happening and, and joined the Society of Cosmetic Chemists and, you know, started just facing these fears. And I, I think that, and I'm an immigrant here, you know, this, I'm a first generation immigrant. I, it just goes to show that it really doesn't matter. And I don't have a college degree, actually. I took um, a high school that equal, equals here a bachelor's degree in Romania, but I actually never really form, never formally went to college. Yeah. So here I am, an immigrant without a college degree, you know, anything is possible. You just, you know, you just have to decide and that hunger will ultimately trump any fear or anything that, you know, that you have. Mm. I hope I answered the question. No, you totally, you totally did. It was just like how you, how you decided to do that. No, I mean, I have so many questions from that. And, but, but before I do, I want to hit that decision thing. Cause I was going to ask that as well. Like when was the point where you, you know, it went from being an idea to like, you're deciding I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And like, what was going on with you at that point? How, how did that happen? That decision? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that, I think that, if you have an entrepreneurial idea, you kind of have to be in the middle because there, there's essentially three types of entrepreneurs that I've seen. Um, the type that gets an idea and is just so pumped and it's like, ah, I'm just going to go for it without really doing much homework, realizing is there room for what you want to do? And if there is, how would you brand yourself? What would you create that is unique? Who are you targeting? You know, et cetera. And then there's the, there's the entrepreneur that just sits there and analyzes too much. You know, it's like, ah, I need to make sure that and then and you kind of miss the boat so I've always believed in trying to find I'm, I'm a very all over the place kind of person I have ADHD and all that so it's sometimes hard to just be like, okay bring it together yeah. but I knew that in order for me to make this you know turn into something successful I have to walk that line so I told I actually wrote down when I know when I understand the market what the product will be who my audience is and what I wanted to do and what my goals are, then I'll just dive into it. Yeah. So I kind of held back just to kind of do this research and really wrap my head around what it is that I want to accomplish. And once I have those things off my list, I knew that I just have to go for it. There's no more waiting. There's no more. So essentially it was just a, it was just like a homework process. And I felt like, okay, when I got these questions answered, I'm ready to do it, ready to pursue. Okay, now how do I do it? And that's yeah. when you have to sit down and say, okay, have this goal. It's in the beauty sphere. You know, what do I need to do? Okay, well, first I need to maybe attend some classes. There are events. Any every industry has events, yeah. you know? Yeah. Every, so I've attended events. At those events I networked. I've been able to find people that know packaging, manufacturers, other chemists. So it, it just it grew from there. But essentially that point was when I knew that, listen, this is my benchmark. If I answer these questions, I need to go. Yeah. Does that make sense? 
No, it does. It sounds like it's a combination of like knowing, you know, having the self-knowledge of knowing how you work and knowing when, you know, your mind's not playing tricks on you. Cause it's like, it sounds like you had this idea, but you know yourself well enough to be like, well, I know when I get ideas, like I should at least fulfill like X, Y, Z question before I run with this idea. And like, it sounds exactly. like you had the discipline to wait, you, you, you answered those questions and now you're just, you know, motivated because of that. It sounds like you kind of nailed it in the head, discipline. Um, I, I don't know, maybe it's my Eastern European background, but I'm very disciplined. And I, and I take that approach, that disciplined approach in everything. And I believe that every business, every nature of everything that we're doing needs to be disciplined. Even when I make videos about personal growth, you know, you and I kind of had a chance to exchange some words before this. And we were talking about how, you know, a lot of books, a lot of self-help and, you know, people are just kind of dream selling yeah. and dream selling is great, but yeah. there needs to be like a plan of execution. Yeah. And I believe that even if you, like I took the same disciplined approach with gaining more confidence, I just try to figure out, okay, what do I need to do to gain more confidence? Because I know I am not born to lead a life where I'm constantly living in fear. Yeah. So self-confidence doesn't just happen. So I need to make it happen. So everything from relationships, you know, you have trouble in your relationship. Okay, listen, I need to put a calendar down. Maybe when we need to spend some time together or, you know, I, I need to have a reminder on your phone. Have you paid your spouse a compliment today? <laughs> Corny, I know, yeah. but you know, this is the day and age we, we live in. We constantly get distracted by things. So if you don't have discipline yeah. in anything, in everything that you do, eh, it's going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be a tough road. Well, that discipline and the creativity, that's a good, that's a winning combo. Um, so I just want to go back to that first question because I, I, uh, yeah. I asked you how you got in that product and you brought up something really interesting. I, I couldn't tell, you know, by looking at your channel, you said that you were on Instagram you weren't getting as much traction as you hoped, but when you were doing DIYs and makeup tutorials, those were getting traction. So was that the reason you started focusing more on, on makeup? Were you not planning to have a, mo uh, a makeup focused brand before that point? Or it, how, how, how much of an influence did that have? That's a really good question. So before Instagram, I started my YouTube channel and I started the YouTube channel with the premise of living and creating a beautiful life from the inside out. I believe that, you know, if you look good, but you're really insecure, you're, it's, you know, it's not good. If you are really wealthy, but your relationships are terrible, that's also not good or vice versa. Mm -hmm. So when I made my first YouTube video, I said, you know, there are four areas that I want to focus on that I believe are really important. And once you have some form of equilibrium in all of them, you will have like a balance in life. And they were personal growth. So a lot of inside work, fashion and beauty. So a lot of outer work, relationships and career. When I, when I wanted to bring that um, into Instagram, fashion and beauty was only one segment. So the predominant content would have been personal growth, relationship, business. And I felt like that's, you know, trying to empower through those. And it wasn't really clicking. Mm -hmm. But this fourth one really was. So, you know, if you, I knew that ultimate, this will have a purpose someday. So I have yeah. to treat it as a business somehow. And, you know, a smart business person looks at what works, looks at what doesn't, you know, works on what doesn't, but on the side, you yeah. know, yeah. and then you kind of put out there what people like to consume and Instagram 
was, you know, beauty and occasional fashion and stuff like that. So I kept Instagram more in that realm while still focusing on the other things on YouTube. Oh yeah. No, that's really, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, it's the same thing as like at a startup, they'll test all their channels, you know, Facebook advertising, Instagram, and they'll double down on the one that's working. So it sounds like content and it's the same thing, testing constantly. That's exactly, that's really interesting though with, with your Instagram. Um, okay. Well, I think this kind of leads nicely into this. So what's your favorite subject to write about or vlog about? And, and why is that? Is that, yeah. Oh, it's like, it's like picking your favorite child. You know, I don't have any <laughs> you know honestly, I think that a parent is a favorite child. Let's be honest, you know. <laughs> so I would say probably, honestly, my favorite to write about and to record has to be the personal growth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that, yeah, just writing about ways to be more um, self-sufficient, ways to uh, have more self-confidence, ways to I, just, I don't know, that really speaks to my soul. And that's really why I even started, you know, doing my own social media brand. So I would say probably most likely personal growth followed by the, the beauty segment. And that's why I want to figure out even in this business, how I can merge the two. So it will be an interesting, but it's in the back of my head, you know, how can, how can I create a brand that's not only very innovative and it disrupts the beauty sphere, but how can it empower um, the users as well? So. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a big question. <laughs> that's, that is a big, uh, big one to yeah. tackle. So we'll shift gears. We'll go something lighter. So uh, I have this, it said on your LinkedIn that at one point, one of your past lives, you were, the, you were considered by some of the Britney Spears of Romania. <laughs> Yeah. So how did that happen? What is the story behind that? You know what? I should have brought, it's so funny because just like I literally, my mom has brought me articles and stuff and I literally have articles printed right now yeah. um, that I can show you literally. There's my picture. There's a picture of Britney Spears. Um, so I was 15 in Romania when um, I, I, I was on this TV show called Playa de Stele, which means like rainfall of the stars. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> on that show, you basically go on, you're, you're just, you know, you're an average person and you go on and you impersonate your favorite celebrity. When Britney Spears kind of came on the market and she was like 17 and she bubble pop, um, I used to be a blonde girl. We had very similar facial features and all my friends in school started calling me, nicknaming Britney and stuff like that. And so my mom enrolled me in this TV show without my knowing because she knew I was so extremely stubborn. I will never do it. I never considered myself as a very powerful vocalist, you know, so I was like, okay. But she enrolled me, she said, listen, just go audition. What's the worst is going to happen? I'm like, okay, that sounds fair. Yeah. I'm going to go. I auditioned. I was thinking, oops, I did it again. And I was like doing choreography, nice. you know, and like all that jazz. Awesome. And, um, and I got in. So I got called in for a second audition. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the second audition was <laughs> in the studio. And I got to be on the show. I think I sucked. I don't think I did that good. And um, that's why I didn't move on to the second round. Yeah. But there was something about me that spoke to these music producers. And they were they had already launched the most successful female brand at that uh, girl band at that point. Mm -hmm. And they had one hit song and one of the girls decided to leave. So there was room for a fourth one. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, they called me and they said, hey, would you be interested in auditioning? And yeah. I said, Okay. <laughs> I went in 
and nervous and excited and at the same time I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god this is so cool oh my god look at those girls I was fanning out yeah. like, oh my god. so yeah. I, you know did a little singing and dancing and they were all there and just all looking at me and that was a little awkward but um yeah ultimately they offered me a contract so my mom had to sign obviously because I was underage yeah. and I joined the band and um you know media the media just kind of ran with it because i was on that show and there were similarities and we were both like the little raspy voices you know what i mean kind of say, uh, you know like so that so they like just ran with it. i i literally have newspapers <laughs> like i can literally bring and show you it's been it was crazy yeah. so um so that's kind of how it started and of course you know how media spins are i mean we're in the media world we know you can and then I take one and all of a sudden Britney Spears of Romania. I'm like, okay, well, that's a little much, but I mean, she's kind of a big deal. I'll so I, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did that for a few years. And, and then ultimately I got out of the band so I can move to the United States. And that was that. Wow. Wow. That is, that is a fast paced life until you remove. So, um, yeah, so you're a singer. It's, it says also you're a process engineer. Like, did you take any of what you learned? during those jobs or those years, like, and do you still apply any of that today or was it more just left that behind for the past? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, what I took from, from the band has actually helped me improve my networking skills mm -hmm. because, you know, you have to be kind of on your game. It doesn't matter if you're tired, if you're upset, your cat died, uh, my dog had died and what, you know, in one of those instances too. And I had to go on and I had to be nice and I had to smile yeah. to everybody. I didn't feel like it, you know? So that translates into my life today. Everybody has problems. You know, everybody has bad days. And probably a lot of people don't want to be with Maybe you had maybe you had something going on. I was like, ah, man, I have to interview the big damn. You know, I don't feel like it. <laughs> no. But you know, you no, no. <laughs> But you know, so the band has helped me in terms of a learning that you know you have to be nice to everybody yeah. you have to be sociable with everybody it doesn't matter what somebody does how somebody looks what, what what they think what they say it doesn't matter you know everybody's entitled to opinions your responsibility as a human being is to be kind is to be gentle is to be nice so it doesn't matter what you have going on um and it also pushed me outside of my little my little shell because i because i was the only child my mom was a single working mother so i was home a lot and i didn't have social skills that much so really pushed me into figuring out how to start conversations how to keep conversations going how to educate myself in such ways to where i can carry multiple conversations about different subjects yeah. and things of that nature and then when i came to the united states i didn't want to pursue music or anything like that it's a it's a hard world you know yeah. and it's a it's a dirty world in, in many ways and i just i didn't want that i'm like i you know i, I just don't so I wanted to pursue a business career and the mortgage industry was really popping oh, yeah. when, uh, when I moved to the United States in 2002. California. So I started working, oh, psh, everybody and their mother yeah. was a loan officer <laughs> or working in the business, you know? Yeah. So um, I started off by, I didn't even know how to use a computer. So there, was, there, were, um, there were some Romanians here that I had connected with that were able to help me figure out how to do things like, you know, find a, you know, find a place to stay, get a cell phone, find a car. I was lucky to come from Romania from the band with some money. So I, it's not like I, yeah, I came by myself and it was hard, but I, it's not like I came broke. You know what I mean? With like two cents to my name and I have to be on the street like this. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, not that so, um, 
So I had kind of that advantage. I already was speaking English because in Romania, you have to learn English starting in second grade. Um, but I started off by, you know, signing for packages. He was at a broker shop and I was working the front desk, greeting people that were coming in, signing packages, and in the oh, same wow. time, learning how to use a computer. Yeah. Um, from that, I learned how to use things like Microsoft Word and Excel and PowerPoint. Um, then I really wanted to learn more. So um, I started kind of working with certain process processors that were there and I started learning and then I started doing good. And then because the market was so saturated, so full, they needed more people. So I was like, Oh, Hey, I'm here, you know? So I started being like a junior processor and then I did really good. So I became a senior in almost no time. And, um, and yeah, so I did that for several years. What I, this was good and bad. Because it taught me, I mean, you know, when things go wrong, the first person to get thrown under the bus is the processor of a file, unfortunately. So yeah. what I took from that was write everything. Even when I just talked to my insurance on the exactly. phone, I'm like, okay, what is your name? What is your operator ID number or the first initial of your last name? What's the, you know, what's the call uh, confirmation number? Like I write everything. So that's been very helpful in life, you know? Yeah, business, but yeah. then... Yeah. When the market crashed, you know, there I was, somebody that has been in the mortgage industry, which you're practically a demon, yeah, you know what I mean? Nobody wanted to have anything to do with you, exactly. No college degree, an immigrant with a visa, with not a visa, with a green card, so I wasn't even a citizen. So then that kind of constituted, you know, being in that space, some problems later in life. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, you know, in retrospect now, I'm happy. I, I learned some good skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, a long road. So, okay, you, so you got all the way there. How did you – I didn't realize that you were, like, learning all these things, like just how to use a computer when you got here. How did you get to the point where you started getting into internet marketing and learning all, all about that? That's a good question. <laughs> so, um, I, so MySpace started happening. Yeah, yeah. remember my space. Yeah. yeah, good old MySpace. Mm. So what I liked about MySpace, though, because I feel like everybody that was using MySpace to the point where you could customize your your profile and all that, you kind of needed some form of like basic elementary coding skills. You know, because you had to go into the code of your profile and you had to type in and, and import image sources. And, I didn't know you know, that. That's crazy. I didn't know they even had that back then. Yeah, yeah. Mm. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Ooh, now 29. Mm. Ah, oh, 29. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's kind of how it was with MySpace. You know, you you go to the HTML version of, of your profile, and you had to learn how to you know put spaces and you know things like that to really make your profile to look a certain way. And I really like that. I like that technology aspect of it. Me yeah. that didn't even use a computer five years before, or maybe less than that, like three or four years before. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, you know, one of the things that I have learned throughout my life is you kind of have to keep an eye out for trends and what is going to happen mm -hmm. in the future. Once MySpace came out, even though now we're talking about it like it's a dinosaur, it's allegedly that was its name, MySpace. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> when it did come out, yeah. When you did, that's what we're going to talk about Facebook. Like, I'm going to be an old granny, be like, in my days, so Facebook was happening, and our kids are like, 
god oh my god you're old but um it's um i don't know i started i was realizing how much people were loving it i was loving it it was such a new way of engaging with people i felt like i was starting to see my friends there more than i was seeing them in real life and i kind of liked it mm-hmm. you know because believe it or not i'm kind of semi-anti-social and i kind of yeah. like to just sit home you know what i mean and <laughs> just work, not have yeah. to talk yeah mind my, my own business okay yeah. So, um, I don't know, I instinctively, I just, I knew there's, there's something that's going to be happening with this. You know, that was the time when we're just starting to see more and more of internet and, and things like that. And then in, in 2008, I believe it was 2008. Yeah. When the app store opened, um, it was just 2008 or 2006. When was it? Oh man. Um, any, yeah, but um, but I don't know. I just I felt like this is where things are going. Mm-hmm. So even though I wasn't in that space at that time, work-wise, mm-hmm. I really wanted to learn it more. So I just started browsing online, trying to figure out how to gain more knowledge. What is this? Like, can you make anything? I make money doing this. Like, yeah. like I don't know. It just came an infatuation and curiosity, and that trickled through through the years and in 2010 I knew for sure that this is social media it's going to be big in 2010 we weren't seeing Twitter handles on TV it was nothing like it is right now and um, my husband who is in technology himself and he had started um, uh, a digital uh, company Mm -hmm. in 2006 he was telling me he's like you know what you should just do it you should just try to figure out and like just do it yeah. yeah, and I hated my job. I was a quality auditor for a healthcare company. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. Not, I'm not speaking mm-hmm. ill of this job at all, at all. But it was not for me. I, I was miserable. Yeah. And I was having to talk to people, angry members that were calling about the fact that their PCP is no longer in network. And I'm like, I am not feeling this. Yeah, I'm tough. super depressed. Yeah. I don't want to go to work. I was having to commute an hour each way without traffic to get to work in addition to that. Um, so I was like, you know what? Um, yeah, I'm just going to do this. So at, at, at first I decided, okay, I'm going to create a social media marketing company and I'm going to charge companies to market them on Facebook and YouTube, which were kind of popping at that time. People thought I was crazy. Like, okay, (laughs) big dreams, you know, people are not going to give you money so you can what? Yeah, to do, and I'm like, no, dude, this is going to be the way of the future. <laughs> and this, this was 2010 when this happened, or was this past yes. that? Yeah, 2010. Okay. So in 2010, um, I trademarked my little Alexa Media. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good name. And oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. just, yeah, I just started doing it part-time. Obviously, I wasn't, I, I, I didn't, it was such a new space that I was kind of learning myself. So I wasn't ready to say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to pull the plug with my job and hope for the best. So because it, it was still something that we were all kind of learning and it was still very new, I felt like it was something that I needed to start part-time, figure out things like how do you create invoices? How do you solicit people? How should I sell myself to these people? How should I help them understand that they need social media? Because yeah. most people thought that was crazy. 
Um, so I needed to first really identify these things along the way. And then I would feel like, you know, if I get a couple of clients and they each pay this amount, you know, and I do a good job and we kind of keep going, then I'm going to, you know, pull the plug with my work. Yes. That's kind of, I was saying 2010 is when I kind of stopped sleeping. You know, that's kind of when it all started. Oh, wow. So I would go to work, you know. I decided to um, start a shift at 7 a.m. So I would leave home at 5.30, be at work at 7. Um, I wouldn't take a lunch break so I can make sure that I leave at 3.30, 4 o'clock. I would get home around 5, 5.30, and I would work on, you know, I would work on this. And then I would take emails in between breaks and, like, you know, leaving my desk. Yeah. And, like, you know, while I was in the bathroom, I would take, like, <laughs> business calls. Just trying yeah. to make it happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what you do. Yeah. So, and it did, it started doing really well and my clients were really happy. I will never forget my first customer was this auto, it was in the automotive um, space and it was um, this muscle car uh, parts kind of company. Yeah. Surprisingly, they really saw that there would be value in social media. So I remember doing campaigns around Ford Mustangs and I knew nothing about it, yeah. but you know, learn. And, uh, and then a second client came and the second client referred the third and then the fourth. And then I said, okay, okay, this excited. is, you know, yeah. this is going to be a new business. Yeah. So I said, peace out, y'all. You know, I'm out. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no decency. Yeah. I, I thought I was going to give him a two-week notice, but I was like, you know what? Mm -mm. I'm out. So, <laughs> you just left. You well, didn't give him a notice. I, I, You're like, well, oh. I, 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 well, I wanted to offer my two-week notice, but they were such a-holes. You yeah. know what I mean? It was just, I hate you there office nasty i was like no you know what yeah. i want to give you a two-week notice that's the right thing and i'll be available but i hate it here so much <laughs> i can't that do I the right thing right now <laughs> and i don't think you would want me to stay you know so they're like yeah. okay go i was like <laughs> wow that's how it happened that is super exciting so when you were grinding like that how long was it from when you when you said i'm gonna work after work and did the double shifts like how long how many months was it until you that point where you're like that's a good question. Probably like anywhere between five to seven months. I don't know. It could be six months. Yeah. Could be something like that. But yeah, it, it was it was a few months for sure. And it was exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. That but it, it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. And that, that was Alexa Media. So did you was this you didn't start you hadn't started your personal brand yet? Like, no. No. It was just Alexa Media. Exactly. And my personal brand came as a result of Alexan Media because I did Alexan Media for about four years and it grew into something really amazing. And I got to work with really amazing people and on projects that I never thought when I first started that I would be doing this. Like, for example, there is, um, there is a, a water company out there called Aqua Hydrate. You may yeah. have that you see it. In, yeah. So yeah. Um, Mark Wahlberg, Diddy, you know, they're involved in it. And I was really lucky to be the one that kickstarted their social media efforts. Oh, wow. And I got to work with these really incredible people and celebrities and reality TV stars, small to medium sized companies and entrepreneurs and startups. And I loved it for the longest time. Mm -hmm. But then it came a point where A, it wasn't as challenging anymore, even with crises and, and all this stuff. It just, it wasn't quite as challenging as it used to be. Mm -hmm. And then B, I realized that it doesn't matter how much money a company has, you are still at their creative control. Yeah. And it was exhausting for me to figure out a, a campaign that was really 
the work, but have to work so hard to sell them on it and be like, no, listen. And they'll be like, no, let's just stick to it. I'm like, ah. So I, it just, I felt like I had creative limitations and, and it was, even though I was in control of my business, my ideas were still in the hands of other people. Yeah. So I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. That's when I started uh, thinking about creating my own videos, you know, and, and I started my YouTube channel. And I remember the one of the fir very first videos that I did was about depression. Yeah. And I've never been shy um, to admit that I'm depression prone. I yeah. think there's nothing to be ashamed of. I, I think that, you know, the way we are wired, some of us are prone to this and some aren't. It doesn't make anybody weak. It just means that you have an extra obstacle to fight through. Yeah. So I made this video, and as we were talking about discipline, even when it comes to dealing with depression, I felt like I need to give that one person that may be watching my video uh, a disciplined approach. Here are some practical ideas that you could try, and here's how I would recommend you try them. Of course, you know, you have to talk to a specialist and things like that, but you know, in your spare time, and if your doctor approves, I think these will work because they've been working for me. Yeah. So I was doing my YouTube channel kind of part-time um, and then I kind of dropped the ball with it because business on the social media and with my clients was so busy that I truly did not have um, a chance to do it anymore. And then I will never forget, it was July 12, 2014. It was my husband's birthday. We were watching the FIFA Cup and, um, and I get this email. Uh, through YouTube from a girl that tells me that, you know, she's been really unhappy pretty much her whole life. And she was telling me what, why, and it was pretty deep. And I was very thankful that I never had to deal with things like that. And then she said that, you know, she had tried to commit suicide before it felt, oh, wow. um, she was thinking about doing it again. And in the last ditch attempt to try to save herself, because nobody really wants to do that. You know, at the end of the day, no matter how you, you get to that point, but who really wants to do that? You know, who really wants to just let go? And she said that, you know, she went on YouTube searching for, you know, help and YouTube suggested my video and she watched it and she followed through actually doing the work because I tell people personal growth, relationship, it doesn't matter. It's work. And you have to put work in every aspect of your life, yeah. including how to handle things like depression. It takes work. Yeah. And she messaged me and she said, you know what? I've been doing this for three months now. And she said, today was the first time when I woke up and I was really happy. So I wanted to find you again. Wow. I wanted to subscribe and I wanted to say thank you. Um, and she said, and she ended with, you saved my life. Like, I still oh, get wow. chills even now just talking about it. Yeah. yeah. And she said, you saved my life. And I was yeah. like, holy crap. You know, it's one thing for somebody to say, hey, awesome video. Yeah, Thanks yeah, so yeah. much. Cool yeah. And it's another for somebody to say, I wanted to kill myself. And, That's you know, so I watched wild. it and I didn't. And I'm happy. So I remember turning to my husband and I said, this is what I should be doing. Yeah. This is this is what I should be doing. I need to, I need to bring everything that I have learned, the challenges that I'm going through and I need to present them to people and help other people yeah. inside out all around. Like there has to be a more, you know, practical approach to all these things. And he said, okay, so what are you thinking? And I said, I, I, I want to stop Alexa media and I want to do this full time. So he said, wow. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, guns blazing. Okay. Yeah. I've always been like that. Yeah. So he brought me to reality. He said, okay, well, you can't just stop. 
you know, you have a roster of clients that's just bad business. And I'm like, okay. So um, from July up until January of 2015, I used that time to fizzle out each client and, and bring each contract to an end. Yeah. And um, January through kind of like April of 2015, I was still doing some contract work because again, I wanted to do this full time, but I still, it's like, you, you got to have some money coming in, oh, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. so the contracts on the side while trying to focus full time on, on, on my own brand. This way I still have some money coming in and it was back to again, you know, long hours like, again. Hours yeah. yeah. You know, here we are full circle, you know, yeah, yeah. and that's essentially how I migrated from Alexa media to Alexandra Potora. And now Alexandra Potora sleeps again, three hours a night because you know, this cosmetics company is, you know, coming into play. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Have you, have you always been able to like find that, I guess, equilibrium in between these periods where you're working crazy hours? No, like, no, 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 no. I suck at it. I'm terrible. I yeah. work myself to exhaustion and then I have like a little mental breakdown and, like, ah, and then I have to nice. pick myself up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I haven't, um, I think I, I take want that approach to, too, so. Yeah, it's it's very difficult. Whoever yeah. says you can't, especially when you start off, yeah. no, you can't. You really can't. When you have to kind of work two full jobs, essentially, like do two things, it's very hard. Mm -hmm. But um, I have been learning along the way to every single week to make sure that I do something for myself, which is really important. And that is when I, I have a little calendar alert that pops up on my phone and it says you time, uh, me time, basically that's what it says. And I'm like, okay. You know, and I shut every, doesn't matter. I shut everything off. That is the grace I give myself. And it doesn't matter if it's, I go to a yoga class or I watch some brainless television or I eat a big fat, you know, burger yeah. while sitting on the couch, <laughs> you know, yeah. bath or I just, I don't know, dance or whatever makes me happy. Mm. I make sure to do it at least for a full hour every single week. That's when I tell my husband, you no longer exist. Nothing exists anymore except whatever I want to do right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of where my balance is at right now. Nice. No, that's a good one. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. I just have two more questions. Um, if that's all right. I can yap one forever. See, I'm I'm a bad I'm a bad person to interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. Um. So okay. So one is if someone's looking to get into you know, uh, like most of the things that you have expertise in. So internet marketing social media marketing, uh, getting clients, any of that, what, what would you recommend for them to start moving towards that? What resources like books, online courses, offline courses, just approaches, getting a mentor. What would you recommend for those people? Um, that's a really good question. And I would say, so everything that I do right now, I taught myself. And I, to be honest with you, I Google everything. Yeah. I needed to figure out how, to, I, I knew that when, okay, if I'm going to start making videos for myself, there are a couple of things that I need to do. I need to figure out lighting. I need to figure out a camera. I need to figure out some editing software. And then, you know, the proper channels to market myself, which I was very thankful to learn along the way as I had Alexa Media. But to be honest with you, there is a tutorial for everything. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I haven't, and this is going to sound bad, but I haven't learned that much from books yeah. as I've learned from YouTube tutorials. 
tutorials and then trial and error. Yeah. Legitimately, this and, and podcasts. Oh, I'm a podcast monster. I listen to podcasts like, like a fiend. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every chance I get. That, that's my book. Yeah. So I would say, you know, knowledge is extremely empowering and it's, and it's key. So if it's whatever space you want to get into digital marketing space, but whatever niche you want to get into, let's say it's, I don't know, a uh, beauty. I'm just going to save that because that's what I, that's what I'm familiar with. You have to figure out, okay, what are some publications that are powerful in that sphere? Mm -hmm. You start following those publications, you read their articles, um, then you find websites like, you know, Social Media Examiner and things like that, that talk about this space that you're in. This is very important because that's how you stay abreast with, you know, what Instagram is doing, what YouTube is doing, what's happening with the market. They give you, you just get ideas. So I think that it's crucial to figure out publications and, and just websites and, and sort Sources of information in the digital world, yeah. Forbes, uh, Social Media Examiner, Mashable, whatever, TechCrunch, whatever you name them, you have to figure those out and you have to read from them every single day. It doesn't matter how tired you are, you have to at least glance and figure out what's been happening in that industry today. Mm -hmm. And then B, your niche. Find, you know, um, publications, podcasts um, in that niche so then you really familiarize yourself with it. And then Google YouTube. See what other people are doing. Get inspired. Um, and learn from other people. That's really important. Also, I mentioned earlier that there are expos and there, there, there are get-togethers and networking events and specific chapters in terms of networking for, for everything. They're every you, you like cherry pie well there's a club for that i can promise you somehow some way there's a cherry pie club and you know if that is what you want to do you have to learn about cherry pies how to market cherry pies to people you know how to sell a cherry pie and what's happening in the cherry pie industry yeah. <laughs> and network yeah, with other cherry, cherry pieers you know what I'm other cherry pie enthusiasts yes yes Super absolutely important. I always say, you know, I'm not the smartest and I'm not the most talented. In fact, I, I'm actually really not that talented, but I always believe that be prepared or lose to somebody that is. Yeah. I, I can guarantee you that I have more success over people that are more talented than me because I am not afraid to do work. I'm not afraid to learn mm -hmm. and I'm not afraid to be relentless in the pursuit of what I want. Mm -hmm. And when you're like that, man, especially if you have talent and you're like that, Man, the world is your oyster, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I would say. No, that's great. That's awesome. That's awesome advice. Um, I think you're, I totally agree with the stuff about conferences and tutorials. I cannot believe the kind of stuff you can learn on YouTube nowadays that people just like put out for free. It's insane. Um, yeah, uh, so the last question I want to ask is, is there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't? Is there anything that you'd like to talk about that just didn't come up? Honestly, I, I don't think so. I see, the, see, again, this lipstick is is adding up right here. <laughs> oh. Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to need to figure out to construct what this lipstick is made out of and not do it. Sorry, I was like, ah, you know. Nice. Um, you're going to tear up any brand on, on YouTube. That's nice of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um honestly, um I think that one of one of the things that I I would hope that anybody watching will take out of this is how to how to understand and 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 work through defeat. Yeah. I think that's something that we could expand on just a little bit because, you know, people ask me all the time. I get hundreds of DMs in my inbox on Instagram 
every single week? How do you stay motivated? You know, how you're always so happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I tell people I'm defeated every single day, every yeah. single day. There's something that defeats me yesterday, the day before I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, but I think that, you know, what really keeps me motivated is in, in everything that you do, you know, you can't just have an idea and then shoot it on the wall, see what sticks. I think that when you realize what you really want to do, you know, what you want to accomplish, and then you figure out why you want to do it and how you will feel once you achieve it, because we are emotion driven beings, you know, mm-hmm. I'm driven by money. A lot of times I say, you know, what drives you money? I'm like, cause I woke up, I, 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 I woke up, I was born dirt, poor in communist Romania. Okay. Money motivates me deeply, but it's not the paper itself is the things that I will be able to do if I have that and how I will feel when I can do those things. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you are an entrepreneur or, you know, you have an idea and whatnot, before even moving forward, you have to really, really understand what you want to do, why, and how it will make you feel. And I think that when you feel that, when you discover that, that is when the passion is really inflamed, if that makes sense. You're really putting gasoline on that fire, and now you know. And then no matter what comes at you, that passion is more powerful than any fear and any doubt. And even when you're down, I allow myself to be down, and I boohoo, and I cry for myself for a little bit. Sorry, poor me, you know? And then you get up, and you do it again. And that's where that strength comes from. I feel like people that give up, give up not because they're weak, is because their passion wasn't strong enough to keep them going through no matter what comes their way. There's a brick wall. Okay, I'm going to try to climb it. Oh, I broke a nail. Damn. You know, <laughs> I'm going to keep trying again. Try okay, maybe I need some Velcro or some socks on. You know, and I'm like, okay, that doesn't work. Okay, maybe I get a sledgehammer. Let's start this. Yeah, you just keep going. I think nobody, nobody out there is weak and nobody wants to be weak or give up on their dream. I just think that they weren't able to really identify their passion for that goal. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. I, I really like that because people always talk about finding your passion. Like it's in some, you know, you, you know, just magically be there, but it's like, I, I think you do, like you said, have to really think, think about it and realize like why something that's a goal is important to you. It's not, your passion's not magically going to come. It's like, you have, to, you have to figure it out for yourself why that's important. Exactly. And that alone is a chore within itself. And when somebody's asking me, yeah. how do we find your passion? You know, there's a book that I, um, that I read many, many, many years ago. It's called What Color Is Your Parachute? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that book came with a notebook. And, and in that notebook, you know, it's, it's pretty thick, but it's asking you a bunch of questions. And through that process of Q&A with yourself, things like, what are your passions? What are your hobbies? What do you like to do? You kind of start realizing, you know, what you like. And I made a video many, many years ago where I was saying, okay, how do you find a job you love or a career that you love? And I literally brought the same approach to this. Well, start by making a column, 12 rows. Okay, let's start with what would you like? If you could be an astronaut, yeah, you know, let's start yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then let's be real. What are, what are your hobbies? Then you mash up with your hobbies. Okay, how much money would you like to make in order to be, okay, then you, you know, what are the, the job, criteria, like descriptions that you would like? What, what, you know what I mean? Like a very, I think that 
even when you have a hard time finding what your passion is, I think it's because you haven't been able to bring that discipline that we talked about into really clearing your head and asking yourself strategic questions to figure out what that passion is. Does yeah. that make sense? Because it, yeah. it, it, passion is not just in the belly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything that we do has to have mind behind it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And finding your passion, I think you can't, anybody can find what they're passionate about if they bring that kind of disciplined approach and strategy to, okay, I'm determined to find what my passion is, okay? I have no idea, but I'm going to figure this out. So, yeah. you know, by asking yourself things like, what is it that I like to do? Why am I doing them? What motivates me? You know, what are some hobbies that I, that I really enjoy? What wouldn't I mind doing every single day, day by day, seven days a week? What is that? What would that entail? What kind of space is that in? Like, you see, there's a thought process that you, but you have to be dedicated to doing it. And I think that when you do that for a certain period of time, that day will come when, you know, you put it into paper and you're like, wow, okay, this is my passion. And yeah. then you ask yourself, why would I want to do this and how will I feel once I achieve it? And I think that, you know, once you have those things, you're never going to have issues again. Yeah. Like yeah. You can't, you know. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I think that explains where the, where the motivation for you comes from too. It's like, yeah, if you have that belief that you're going to do something, it is motivating. So that's, uh, that's mm -hmm. cool. Well, I'm going to uh, cut it and then we can chat after, but thank you again for coming on. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I really appreciate the time.